Syl stood near the bow, watching out over the sea of beads again. He almost missed spotting her at first, because her dress was red instead of its normal white-blue. Her hair had changed to black, and her skin was flesh-colored, tan, like Kaladin's. What on Roshar? Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book three, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 98 and 99 of Oathbringer. If you haven't caught up on your reading or you've picked the wrong episode, make sure you go back and do the things you need to do, because then you won't get to enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he doesn't fly per se. He actually just falls the wrong way. It's Jack. What's up? I'm falling with style. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's yeah, exactly that's right. That's it. Yeah, I think well, that Stanison might have stole that off of Toy Story for sure. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You fall the wrong way. It's funny. I hadn't really thought of it kind of ruined in a way this chapter <laughs> uh, speaking about what they do when they're lashing. Right. And hovering, like lashing up, lashing yeah. down, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Zeth in his mind who says, it's not, it really isn't flying. It's you're, you have strings attached to you. Right. Yeah. He says you're it like in his puppet. chapter. And then uh, when Syl in the second chapter is like, oh, I'd love to ride one of those. I'd love to yeah. be able to fly. And he's like, you can fly. And sh- and he's like, and so can, and she's like, yeah, and so can and you. so can I. Yeah. Yeah. So can, and he's yeah. like, yeah, so can I. And she's like, actually, you just fall the wrong way. <laughs> Which yeah, is funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's really funny, but I, I, I have to admit, I didn't like the, the puppet, uh, can comparison or reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comparison. Cause then it was like, well, hang on. Like, is it that you're a tool that can be used by someone else? Like, oh, you give this wonderful powers, but you're really just strings attached to, I mean, it, you're, you're like, um, yeah, a puppet attached to power. Right. And it makes you sense I mean? for Zeth to feel like that even at all. Cause that's <clears throat> right. all he's ever been is that's, just a puppet. That's what right? he's been. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely Pinocchio, and he's trying to be a real boy here with these. Uh... I guess, but uh, yeah, I was, I was wondering about that journey for his character. Mm-hmm. But again, it as we've already talked about before, uh, it falls into the same category of how can Zeth be redeemed when he and he even he even goes through this. He feels some elation in the chapter of loopholes for right. a brief moment. And then it's snuffed out because, of course, he's done this, he's right. done this, he's done right. this. And he doesn't feel like he'll ever get justice for what's happened until he can go, um, like, dole out that justice. Right. And we already know that he wants to go to Shinovar and make everyone pay that made him truthless, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it's Luke tricky. Holes, it's a tricky it's, one with him. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky little chapter. It's, it's, it's a good chapter. Yeah. I liked it. Um. I'm going to say just as I was reading it, mm-hmm. I 
could I could sense the conclusion. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised by the uh dip in the lake. Right, 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 right. It, right, it right. didn't it wasn't like uh it wasn't like a, oh it. cool like it, you already kind of saw yeah, it. Yeah, like it, it just it just it because because he hit the water the first time I thought okay there's the loophole. Right. And I mean the chapter's I called found, loopholes like It it is. It is, but I I figured I as I was reading this <clears throat> and of course so you read it's a it's a test so yeah. okay they're, they're having a little a little test here and it kind of felt a little harry potter to me this mm-hmm, this bit mm-hmm. like very quidditch kind of i was of gonna thing. say the same thing yeah yeah were you okay so i was feeling the same vibe you could feel uh, like in, almost like a, a this is a culture's <clears throat> like sport like they actually do this for sport yeah and 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 with the uh, the colorful uh you know the poofy uh the colors yeah uh, it evoked i don't know everything from you know going to burning man to to uh to the, gender uh, reveal or the, the, whatever the Indian, you know, just, uh, festival of uh of uh, whatever colors or whatever it is <laughs> yeah like it just it was it was colorful vibrant i could i could easily kind of uh, picture everybody in here. I almost yeah. wish that we'd gotten to know a, a few of the other characters a little more intimately mm-hmm. to share in the rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of the chapter, if you will. But um, like we needed a dark, like we needed a uh, Draco. Is what a, you're a saying? A Draco, yeah, an yeah, Alfoy. Yeah, right, well, right. you had it in Ty. So Ty bit, was yeah. chasing him, mm-hmm. uh, chasing him down, and and didn't really. But it just, I, I felt that in the writing. I, I guess I, I would have wished that the loophole was more hidden, let's right, say, from view, right. from view until the last second mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. That's a mild. That I don't. I I do not criticize. No, uh, there's no the stormlight cr- archives yeah. very very often. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, and, and just and, a little thing. And for being me. able to see the the outcome of the uh, um, chapter isn't a big deal. It's really. The I, the part I, about this chapter I love is the mm. uh, the strategy that's involved throughout the whole chase yeah. and mm-hmm. you know he he's um, using the pole as a weapon but he's not really using it as a weapon right he gets around that no. uh, that loophole I, I like it I like it a lot actually I think it's that- funny how he he managed to find a martial weapon. Mm-hmm. Using one of the poles, as well as a shield, he he basically used a sword and shield <laughs> right. in this encounter. Right. I, I don't think the uh, the uh, uh, I don't know if they actually give her name. The uh, the person he ends this. up using as a shield. Yeah, I think said it was she, but I yeah. I don't remember the name off off the top, man. If they gave it, but yeah, she wasn't happy with being a shield. Um, but it was perfect strategy, and of course. It, there's nothing to say that you can't do it. Right. Right. So what's your, what's your take in general before we dive into this thing? What's your take in general on loopholes? Um, like, like our, because in this chapter, uh, the powers that be, the, the master, uh, what's his name, Warren? Mm-hmm. I think it's Warren. They're aware of the loophole. Yeah. So they know it's there. And, and in a way, it's kind of a test that way to see who, well, who is going to see this and use it to their advantage. I think that it's very reflective of the Skybreakers and their order. They follow the law and the letter of the law. Right. But right. if something is not written in right. the law, then they're allowed to get around it. So working in, in a space where loopholes are your bread and butter makes a lot of sense for them to be teaching them, listen, sometimes you have to listen to the instructions, yes, and you have to do what we've said, but you also have to take advantage of the things we have not said. 
because that's how yeah, the skybreakers <clears throat> operate, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, I sort of in general just view uh, loopholes as being intentional uh, for people that want to win, mm -hmm. and uh, they're because of the intention. Then you're you're really trying to gatekeep others from not using it, right? Um, so I'm not a big fan of loopholes in general, just, uh, and of course, when you find one, it's more of an admission that something's wrong here. Maybe the law needs to be reevaluated mm. and rewritten, right? Not kept with a loophole, right? Um, so anyways, but just to dive into this, uh, this chapter, um, it begins with actually, I, there was, there were a couple of little curious things at the beginning of these chapters. Mm -hmm. So chapter 98 loopholes, it says lore suggested leaving a city if the spren there start acting strangely curiously jaanat was often regarded as an individual when others like moalak which we've had that name mm -hmm. before and ashert marn were seen as forces not individuals right that's an in, that's in i found that to be an interesting distinction yeah moalak being uh the thrill the cause of the thrill and Ashert Marn right. is the heart of the revel, the one that makes people uh, like be gluttonous and overeat and uh, indulge and stuff. Yeah. Um, she, they're saying here that Ja'anat is more of a person right. than some of these other unmade. And right. that kind of gives us an understanding of Ja'anat because we know that Ja'anat is acting strangely. Yes. Uh, or maybe favorably towards Shalon and our crew, and these forces, Moloch, Ashutmarn, uh, Nergaul, some of these yeah. other ones, uh, um, um, Yelignar, they they don't ha they can't act against their own instincts because they're just forces of nature, like right. ancient evil forces of nature, but forces of nature. Right. You know, like the wind will always blow. The storm will always, you know, uh, be a storm. Yeah. And these, these unmade will always do as their nature. But with Jaanat, often regarded as an individual where an individual right. can make choice. Right. See, that's right. The, exactly. That's what, that's what I wanted to, uh, mm -hmm. to get to is, is that component, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Jaanat. Yeah. I, I, the more, <laughs> the more that we re, I reread this book. And yeah. like kind of really pull apart these little Jean not morsels that we, yeah. like last episode, last episode, we had that moment where one of the Spren talked, she talked through one of the Spren and gave this like cryptic little message to Shalon and Shalon's like, wait, 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 no, I have so many questions. Like right, I right. now have so many questions too, because now I know more about all of it because we've picked it apart so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'd love to have a, a real like great sit down interview with Ja Anat so that we could ask her some questions. <laughs> Like what's, like, what's can, can, can we get her on the show? It would be amazing. We get her. Yeah, we should, we should get someone to come on the show as Jeanot. Hi, yeah. it's me, Jeanot. <laughs> um, uh, actually, no, please, just Jaja. <laughs> Jaja Gabor, like Jaja. Yeah. All right. So th this chapter begins with Seth. Seth, Zeth, sorry. Z Zeth. Um, Zeth of Shinovar left the Skybreaker Fortress with twenty other squires they were on the pure lake which appeared red and gold which i really like that that um those colors thinking of it um, 
looking like that. Those calm waters were sprouted by dozens of wooden poles mm -hmm. from five to 30 feet tall. And around them, there are these sacks, these pouches of, of powder. Right. Master Warren says, this is a test of martial competence. He was an Azish man, but he was in the garb of a Maribethian lawkeeper. Mm -hmm. His chest was bare and he was wearing a patterned cloak. Oh, his nice. chest was... Ooh. Very. Marisexian lawmaker. Very, uh, yeah, maybe early Spartan attire with a cape. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I hope I he kicks know. someone into a hole. Yeah. We are Marabethia! <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we must train to fight if the desolation truly has begun. Without Nin's guidance to confirm... They spoke about the desolation is in, in ifs and mights. Right. So I kind of, I always like this kind of stuff where it's like, you know, you're just exercising caution right. and you're not, uh, being so sure because you're not sure you're admitting, you're admitting that you're not quite sure, but right. if it's happening, we're going to do this. And we know that, um, it's a little bit of a lore dump here, but we know that lore, um, that the skybreakers have been around a long, long, long time as an order. So they right. have records of, you know, all the past skybreakers that have existed over the course of a thousand, 2000 years. And we yep. know that one of the last, um, desolations was actually a false desolation. We've had that term before. So it's possible that this order was still around and functioning during that false desolation. Desolation. So they're yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, Let's, bad things are happening hey, right now, but it could yeah. just be another false desolation, right? right. So it's cool that that that, that kind of comes into into um, into a factor here. Each pole, <clears throat> sorry, each pole is topped with a group of bags bearing powders of a different color. Fight by throwing those. You cannot use other weapons, and you cannot leave the contest area marked by the poles. Mm -hmm. I will call time over when the sun sets. We will tally the number of marks on each squire's uniform from any of the bags of powder. You lose four points for each different color on your uniform and an additional point for each repeated hit from a color. And the winner is the one who has the fewest points. Begin. So mm -hmm. this is Thacko. They're going low. Right. They they're want, going uh, low. So yeah. they're going lowsies. Monty Cook's not involved. <laughs> low, We're low not going high. Pre-Monty Cook. <laughs> this, this is advanced is stuff here. This is advanced D and D stuff. Yeah, this is <laughs> might even be basic. <laughs> it's we're, red box. This is red, we're going red box here, guys. We're going <laughs> we're going red box. So Seth drew in stormlight and lashed himself into the air. He didn't care about this arbitrary test, but the chance to dance the lashings. I like the, the way that's worded. Mm -hmm. For once, without needing to cause death and destruction, called to him. And I wanted to pause on that sentence mm -hmm. for an eternity. Mm -hmm. To allow Zeth, the assassin in white, that moment. To finally enjoy lashings without death. Right. Without, without the strings, I think. Right. <clears throat> right. Without just to be able to enjoy it for its itself, yeah, dude, I really like that. And but but of course, <laughs> it couldn't quite be just left there because mm -hmm. 
And again, he shares so much with other. I love the fact that so many of these characters share so much with each other. Right. Kaladin, Stormblast, completely, you know, uh, taking all this in, can't let go of his past, can't let go of his, his demons, what he's done, his failures, just can't let it go. Same thing with the Assassin in White. Zeth right. is still plagued by the shadows calling to him, the screams of things that he's done. Um, he also greatly connects with Dalinar, I feel, in terms of you're an instrument of destruction mm -hmm. used for horrible things, killed so many innocent. Well, okay, the Blackthorn can certainly be, be charged with that. Right. So where is the redemption? Where is the true redemption of these characters? How, mm -hmm. how can we do it? Right. How can we get over it? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the, the, you know, briefly about the, about forgiveness mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's a tricky thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how do you truly get over that stuff? How can a uh, character, I, th I think it's interesting. I think you may have kind of found the secret. Like we, we talked about memories as being kind of a main theme of this book theme in this one, yeah. but I think you might have keyed in on kind of like a secret theme of this book is how do, how do we li learn to forgive not just others, yeah. but ourselves for some of the things we've done. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Zeth's going through that. Um, Dalinar's going through that. Even yeah. Cal is going through that right now. hundred percent. Where he, he's like killing himself with guilt over not being able to uh, um, save Elokar and uh, all those people. Yeah. And so Elokar. how do you, how can you, you know, forgive yourself? Right. And I, I think that's a yeah. really cool point that you made. And I think that Shalon uh, briefly touches on it with Cal and she's like, look, like I just, I put it away. Right. I hide. I'm able to do that. But before that, even in the last part, when she had that awesome conversation with Wit, she's mm -hmm. also trying to figure out a way to forgive herself for all the things she's done in her past. Right. Of course. Right? Her, so yeah, it's a, that's a really cool little statement. I think that, I think that that more than anything else is really the real thing behind this book. Um, and and how do people do that? How can people forgive themselves? I don't know if that's necessarily going to be answered in this book. You know what no. I mean? Like, I don't think it's book, this book is necessarily going to give us an answer. Um, well, the, the how, the how of that question must be multi, multifaceted. Right. Of course. Of course. It's like, not just one you're, thing. You're, oh no, it's yeah. not just one thing. Yeah. Like Shalon can do it in this way, but maybe others can do it in another way. Exactly. And that's what, to, but, well, we, we talk about that a little later, right? Like Cal is like you said, you, like you just brought up Cal's like, how do you do it? And yeah, Shalon's like, I can, I can just do this. But right. it's, it's fr she even uses the word fracturing. Like it's fracturing me by trying to do it. So yeah, it's something yeah. easy that I can do mm -hmm. and I'm good at it, but it's not good for me. That's interesting. Hmm. I, um, we'll talk more about that because that's going to come up because uh, in terms of forgiveness, you know, if, if, you hide, if you try to contain it and hide it, what happens? Uh, does it to come bubbling out again? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, that's going to be an interesting journey, I think, with any of this stuff yeah. as it, it continues to unfold. Agreed. And I, and I can't imagine any of it is going to be neat or tidy. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so destruction called to him. This would be the okay. Da, da, da. He's flying through the air. Yeah, this moment here called to him. This would be like those days in his youth when Zeth was spent training with the honor blades. I like that. I like thinking about Zeth being younger and different. Yeah, with his honor blade before the puppetry. I read this a little bit differently, and I oh. read it differently than I've ever read it before. And maybe it's because of my, you know, my critical mind is now peaked because of these books and us podcasting and stuff. Yeah, but. Does this mean that Zeth, because we know that Zeth had Yezera's, Yezera's and uh, Yezera's blade, the uh, the king of the heralds, the one that made him a windrunner, yeah. right? Right. Yezir, Yezera's, uh, he has, that blade gives him the two same surges, surges. as a windrunner. Yep. Right. And that, that was an honor blade though, right? Th- yeah. And uh, that was one, uh, right. an honor blade. This right. would be like those days in his youth spent training with the honor blades not with the oh. honor blade does that mean zeth learned to train huh. as a light weaver and an edge dancer and a dust bringer does zeth know how to use all these other surges and hang we're on only... stop there for a sec okay yeah what, what, okay okay first of all i don't think i caught the bloody s on there right so, so now that honor blades is pluralized for me, thank you for uh, catching that consonant. Yeah, because that's uh, that changes, changes a lot. That little a S. lot. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to ask you this: uh, different honor blades uh, offer different surges. Yes, is that each that's herald true, has their own right. honor blade honor that blade. granted yeah. them two surges? One might be the same as so Nail's honor blade when he received it would have had the same surge as Yzeris's honor blade, allowing them both to fly. Jack is Jack is literally my, my... holding his arm up to the camera because of all the goosebumps he's got. Yeah, I'm trying to hide behind my goosebumps. I don't I don't think it's going to give me good good cover. Um, so maybe a negative <laughs> negative to my role. So my question is is that um, <laughs> we know from some of the stuff earlier in the series that. The Shin have several honor blades in their possession. Possession, yeah. Because they were the ones who kind of collected them when um, the heralds gave them up. So they have they have some of them. We don't know how many of them they have, but they have right. some of them. Right. The thing for me here in the sen- in this sentence is: Does that mean that Zeth knows how to use the surges of multiple different? Knight's Radiant Orders? Like, could he go up to Lyft and go, hey, Lyft, you know, th- when you're sliding, you should do it this way and do it that way because you'll get the yeah. optimal whatever. Listen, I think it even says more than that. I think it also says that for a Shin uh, as, as he is, mm-hmm. wouldn't others also have had access to? Yes. There could be hundreds if not thousands of people like Zeth in Shinovar who have right. trained on the honor blades, who have competency with all this stuff. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Crazy. <laughs> that's and cool. I hadn't thought I of it before until we, I read that. it this time. I was like, wait a minute, <clears throat> blades. Does that mean, holy crap, what does that mean? Yeah, I did not think about that at all. And I I don't even think I caught that S. In fact, I know I didn't. I just imagined briefly as I read that sentence, him being younger and freer and training with the honor blade, which I had assumed was Jazera's blade. Mm -hmm. 
and he and or, I think or that's even what if I it was another too. one, I what's that? That's what I would have thought too. Is that he had trained with that specific blade, right? But I, it, this is implying that he trained yeah, with dude, with that's the huge. honor blades. So I don't know, man. <laughs> blade is blades is a is a. Maybe that should have been the uh, the the title of this chapter. It should have been just a little S, <laughs> just a tiny little S, <laughs> just one. Yeah, well, one and S. you look that at it, you're been... like, what the hell is this? Instead of loopholes, it's just S. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Small. I love chapter in ninety eights. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on because we do have to move on here. Yeah. Okay, the tops of these poles. Okay, pouches were tied on by strings. He lashed himself past one, snatching a pouch, which let out a small puff of pink dust. Excellent, Zeth remarks, grabbing pouches. What? the sword asked. Zeth carried it on his back, tied securely in place at an angle Mm -hmm. from which he could not draw the weapon. Right. Whoa. That's interesting. Well, remember last time what happened when he drew it. <clears throat> right it like um, it like fed on his soul <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it's like a cursed a cursed item right in yeah way. yeah so he, he wants to carry it around because he thinks it's part of the test that nail's giving him but he does right. not want to be able to easily draw it if he <laughs> if he can get around right it. i don't understand where is the evil this is the sword uh, talking mm-hmm. the sword is called uh, is it little nimmy no zeth calls it sword nimmy sword nimmy okay mm-hmm. No evil today, Zeth says, sword Nimi, just a challenge. He hurled the pouch at one of the squires, hitting her square on in the shoulder, resulting in dust coloring her shirt in that spot. Notably, the master had said that only color on the uniform would be counted, so holding the pouches and dusting one's own fingers was fine. Similarly, hitting uh, one of your opponents here in the face gained no advantage. Right. So you had to hit the uniform. Soon the pouches were being flung in all directions. Each pole bore only a single color, which encouraged everybody to run around to the different poles. Yeah, making, making the, what he loves about this challenge even more is that the, the traveling and using the surges to move around. Yes. You don't just stand at one pole and you have all the options of all the colors at one pole and you just throw them. This is about well, movement, right? Well, poor, poor Jorit did not get this. So (laughs) Jorit tried hovering in one spot, dominating one pole to prevent others from hitting him with its color, but sitting still made him a target and his uniform was quickly covered in spots. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So poor Jorit does not, does not get it. No. You move or you die. Zeth dove and pulled himself up with an expert lashing on, on that so, so that he swooped, skimming the surface of the pure lake. And again, I just, it just, it's Harry Potter on the griffin, yeah. touching the lake. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, it's so amazing. Yeah. He, gra- he grabbed a pole as he passed, bending it out of Callie's reach as she went by above. Okay, so now that I read that again, he didn't grab it and take it. He no. bent it. Right. So that it wouldn't. So she's trying to fly by to grab. She's coming and he, in. He bent it and away from her. And he bends it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's very really neat. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm down too low, Zeth remarks. I'm too easy a target. So he twisted back and forth, executing a complex maneuver that manipulated both lashings and the wind. Pouches smacked the water near him. I like this. Swoops down, does the bend with the pole. Yeah. Against it, but he's too low. 
All the attacks are coming in, so then he has to do this massive evasive maneuver, right. which works to his to his advantage. Right. It's like a highway to the danger <clears throat> zone over here, but like people. Oh, yeah. It's like dog it's fights. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He pulls upward. Lashing wasn't like the flight of a swallow. Instead, it was like trying oneself to strings. Mm-hmm. A puppet to be yanked about. Yeah, there's this that was, metaphor. This was, I hadn't thought about it like that, and I thought, man... That is Zeth, and then I wondered, well, to what extent does it does it go to the other characters? Right. These powers, like, are they all, you know, in some kind of delusion mm-hmm. that they have control, that they can actually wield? It's almost like, what if there was a lure, kind of like how Sauron had the rings, right? Right. You give these rings of power, it seems like... Right. You have like control power. over this. And, yeah. Yeah. But it's really, it's to, to be able to use you. And he's, is he, he's given up the strings he was, he had tied to the oath stone. And now he's yep. trading, he tr- traded them in for new strings, like to the skybreakers and to nail and maybe. Yeah. So if, if you look at nail that way, like nail wants him to use this cursed weapon. Yeah. So yeah, know. it's, um, it's a little strange. I, I feel for him and I really don't, I don't think I noticed the puppet, uh, metaphor until you brought it up earlier. So good, mm. good get on your side because it's, um, it, it, it really is a good metaphor for Zeth. I think so. And, and per chance for other characters, yeah. because if we know anything about this series, there's multiple, so many, yeah. it's just, it keeps connecting, right? Mm-hmm. As Zeth gained height, Zedzil fell in behind him. Zeth added a second lashing upward and then a third, and his stormlight lasted so much longer than it had before, Mm -hmm. and he assumed that Radiants were more efficient than those that were using Honor Blades for their powers. Right. That's an interesting thing. It took more power to, uh, uh, took more stormlight to do the powers when you were holding a, uh, an honor blade. An honor blade. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's no, there's no comparison in the book, but like a diamond chip, which is the smallest value. Yeah. Right. Could, you could do more with that as a surge binder of a, like a right. radiant order than a radiant. Than a, yeah. So if you could do a full lashing, let's say. Yeah. I don't know. Like a full lashing with that diamond chip, it would take you two to do that as with your honor blade or whatever. Right. So. Right. He shot upward like an arrow, windspread joining and twisting around him. Zedzil followed, but when he tried to throw a pouch, the wind was too great and the pouch fell backward, striking Zedzil on his own shoulder. Dude, I could picture this so yeah. well. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just great. This yeah. whole scene is just great. Zeth dropped into a dive, and Zedzil followed until Zeth snatched a green bag from a pole, tossed it over his shoulder, hitting Zedzil again. Again, this maneuver, just a casual over the shoulder. Uh, yeah, tossing awesome. the salt. There yeah, you go. it's like he's uh, he's go. playing Mario Kart, and he's just chucked a green shell behind yeah, him. Yeah, it's Mar- oh, I'm so glad you brought that comparison. <laughs> it is exactly that. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, these thoughts or comparisons of this of this idea could have been flowing through. Yeah, maybe he. Uh, yeah, maybe Sanderson Brandon played a whole Mr. bunch Sanderson. of uh, Mario Kart who before knows? he uh, he wrote. Yeah, this he's scene, playing yeah. a game of Mario Kart before he writes this book and goes. You know what? I'm going to throw this in my next book. I'm going to throw a guy behind my back, and <laughs> it's going to be a green shell. 
I'm going to give some uh, b- banana peels and some. Uh, <laughs> well, it, there are gr- there are small shells ricketing around the. That's road, true. Yeah, that's so right. There are shells around. That's right. I wouldn't call them great shells. No, but, <laughs> they're green. But red shells, and green though. shells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <coughs> okay, great. I'm glad you brought in Nintendo into this. That's, that's great. Always toss it over his shoulder at Zedzil. This contest felt similar to when he'd battled the Windrunner in the skies. I'm glad he yeah. thought this thought because yeah. I was thinking that too. Mm-hmm. You're you're tussling with others who can who can fly, who can lash, mm-hmm. um, and you're competing against them. And the only other person that we've seen him tussle in this way is is Kaladin. Yeah, I I like this because he. He says, uh, Zeth says, uh, Zeth had rarely fought in the air itself. And this contest felt similar to when he battled the wind runner in the skies. Right. And then the next sentence is, I know he twisted so among good. the poles, dodging pouches, even snatching one from the air before it hit him. And he found he was enjoying himself. And, and I feel like that's saying, even though him and I, you know, I'm just all about the bromances over here, but I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I mean, even though him and Kaladin were at odds, they probably never yes. felt more um, free than when they were fighting each other in the air, flying around, like actually enjoying the fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, I guess there, there, wasn't, there, there must be some kind of a, a peace, if you will, or mm-hmm. uh, am- amusement uh, when, you're, when you've met your match. Right. Right, you're not just uh, you know killing a you know <laughs> an innocent or a civilian or a soldier. Mm-hmm. You are dealing with another uh, being who has similar powers to you. Right, and the, it just, the, it the, just changes. The, the great game, thing right? is, is that there may be there might come a time when they get to have their rematch because now Zeth has yeah. the ability to fly again. Right, so very cool. Yeah, we'll see what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. if at all. Um, he was found enjoying himself. The second sentence in which he's kind of having fun with this. Yeah. But the next line, the next paragraph, the screams from the shadows seemed dim, less pressing. He wove between thrown punches, dancing above a lake painted by the hues of a setting sun, and he smiled. Yeah. But then immediately felt guilty. He had tears. He had left tears, blood, and terror in the wake in his wake like a personal seal he had destroyed monarchies and families innocence and guilty alike he could not be happy he was only a tool of retribution not redemption for he dared not believe in such mm-hmm. see this so so short-lived yeah his, he, his he little, literally smi- has one smile right and is like nope no smiling yeah if he was oh, this next line dude if he was forced to keep living, it should not be a life that anyone would ever envy. Right. If he was forced to keep, if he was, hang on, if he was to be forced to keep living, meaning like, what does that, what does that mean? Well, because he, if he, he died, right? Forced, he died in that fight with Kaladin and Nail brought him back. Remember, reattached his soul to right. his body, but not Reatta- necessarily yeah. correctly. So if he was going to be forced to live, which is what Nail's done. So Zeth doesn't want to be here, does he then? Well, I think that he found some peace 
at the end when Cal killed a member. Don't we can't forget about uh, uh, right. Way of Kings and Words of Radiance when right. Zeth would say, "I'm looking for that one who can end this." Right. Will you be the one who ends this? Because he can't. You right. know, he can't stop himself. He he's oath bound to the stone and he's truthless and all this stuff. He can't yeah, but stop that's himself. All changed. It's all changed. It's all changed now. now. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's stopping him now? The I mean, there's nothing stopping him. But he, I love that line though. If it yeah, would no, not be a life that uh, anyone would envy, because he he can't have right. a good life. You think like Vasher? The sword says. Do you know Vasher? He teaches swords to people now, which is funny because Vera Trelides always says Vasher isn't any good with the sword. Mm-hmm. So is that? Is Vasher a different name, let's say, for, for um, oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, the Swordmaster. Um, he teaches Z- swords to people now. Yeah. Not Zale. Zale um, is the name oh, is, of is the Swordmaster, yeah. Did I get the name right? Okay, yep. good. I, I was... So, yeah, is, do you think Vasher and Zale are one and the same? We've already said that there seems to be some kind of connection <clears throat> between Zale and um uh, Asia, uh, uh, why do I always have a hard time saying her name? A- Azur, Azur. A- Asia. Oh yeah. Why do I yeah. always say that name wrong? Is know. it my French side? Azur. Azur. Maybe Ooh, I'll just I say like Az- Azul. <laughs> Azul. Azul. Is yeah. that from Ghostbusters? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, there, we we know that there's that Zale is somehow maybe a. An off-worlder. Remember, we we mm-hmm. you, you kind of like yeah. came to that conclusion Maybe. that like he acts strangely. Oh, because he talks, he talks in talk, colored yeah, uh, language. things, and so right. does Azure. And Azure has admitted, "I'm not from this world. This is your right. world." Right. So, so Zale could be also a visitor. Yeah, an alien. Ooh. Maybe the I hadn't thought about them being like may, aliens before. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they went to the Miami Mall. Maybe they went to the Miami Mall. (laughs) You know, I'll be honest, I'm not into this kind of stuff, but a part of me really kind of hopes it was just a fucking alien walking around at the mall. Yeah, walking around. And everyone was like, holy shit! And he's like, what? I'm I'm, I'm going to the Gap. Leave me alone. It was just like a really tall, like, (laughs) basketball player, like Victor Wembanyama in like a suit or whatever. Like, look at that tall freak! It must be an alien! Um, so what's interesting about this sentence though, speaking about Vasher, Mm -hmm. maybe it's Zale. Yeah. Maybe not. It's possible that it's not. But we get a name drop here about Veratrelides. Yeah. And that, that Veratrelides was even better Mm -hmm. at sword mastery. It sounds like both of them held sword nimi at some point. Right. Because Sword Nimi knows them, right? So it feels like what's, they were both wielders of Sword Nimi at some point. And wouldn't you think as a sword master that if you came across something worthwhile that you'd keep it? Right. Right. Unless, it, unless every time you drew it, it kept sucking your soul. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's not worth it. Like, right. so the sword master's like, what? The, this sword this is- sword's amazing, the, but man, this does it is really trouble. give me a headache the next day? <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, so Zeth, okay, hang on. His momentary distraction as he's uh, contemplating this mm-hmm. earned him his first 
hit. Right. A dark blue pouch strikes him on his shirt. He growled and soared upward, pouch in each hand, and flung them with precision, hitting one squire in the back and another in the leg. Four of the older squires flew in formation. I thought this was really cool. Yeah. The formation, definitely Quidditch vibes. Yeah. Um, they would chase an isolated squire, swarming him or her with a flurry of eight pouches, often scoring six or seven hits, and they fixated upon Zeth. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. Um, it kind of evokes a bit of the, the way that this series is kind of being built right now, Mm-hmm. which is you've got a band together, you've got Radiants, uh, you know, who know each other and are coordinating their efforts. Yeah. So imagine having, you know, Adolin and, although we're not quite there yet with him, but Adolin and Shallan and uh, Yasna and Dalinar and... Kaladin. And Kaladin all in formation against Zeth. Right. Now, this is the this is the part I was getting at earlier... Imagine mm-hmm. if Zeth was part of that formation and had knowledge of all their surges and how best to use those surges. Right. This is the part that blows my mind that I never noticed rereading that with the shard blades. Z- was, yeah. Does he know, like, could he be a coach? Like, I know that sounds silly, but like... He knows, he's like, oh, you know what? You're efficiently, you're not using your power properly. Or you know that if you combine it with your other one and do this, you can do this, right? Yeah. Because he's, he's had years of experience using these blades. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the Shin could literally have had the one he was trained on, the Windrunner, and one other one. So he might not have any really experience with any of the other orders except for one other one. But I don't know, right. the, 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 the possibility is endless. Like... It sounds amazing, this formation of, you know, uh, Radiance together fighting this, like, battle yeah. or, or accomplishing something together. Yeah. But, like, they're all behind the eight ball because they ha- they're they all figuring out their powers as they go. Whereas Zeth Wait may s- have some prior knowledge of how they actually all work. He may, and he may, he may be, like, uh, in a position or someone else like him in Shinovar, mm-hmm. who also would have had access right. to multiple honor blades, yeah. could be, like, a zale for the surges. Right. Like, you're, you're a surge master. You right. know them all. Yeah. Comfortable yeah. with them all. Yeah. Like, I like that. Knows all the stances. <clears throat> he knows smoke right. stance. He knows stone stance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not just one order, all the orders. I'm you, fam- we're, we're familiar. You, it now, sounds like you're coming up with your uh, Stormlight Archive RPG character, actually. That sounds like a fucking awesome character. A Surge Master. But like someone, <laughs> he doesn't, he can't do the surges himself, but he understands them all. Understands them all, like he, yeah. Like he's not a Radiant. No. Right? Because he no, doesn't have access. Radiant. He's you not Radiant, the... but he's trained yeah. with all the swords, so he knows how to coach others to do the... That sounds like an amazing character, dude. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, not to say that it can't be Zeth. We've talked about Zeth potentially joining the band. I mean, right. I would like to think that a Skybreaker still has a place in the orders in the band. I guess it depends right? on how strong those strings are. Well, and if those strings only apply to Skybreakers, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine they do. They, they like, obviously I, can't, yeah. I mean, you know, I... So I'm curious, and of course, if you if we invite um, Zeth into the band, mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's say that's a a possible uh, trajectory for this series. Right. If we embrace him, well, can Dalinar forgive him? Right. Forgiving his brother. Forgiveness a little earlier in this Mm, episode. So can Dal and and I just thought of it as you were speaking. I thought, oh my gosh, that directly affects Dalinar. Right. His brother was killed by Zeth. The funny thing is, is if there's anyone that could forgive Zeth, it would be Dalinar. That's a great, uh, that's a great point too, because he has the capacity because he knows he's been through similar things, if you will. Well, and maybe can draw a line with him being the Blackthorn and also a tool with strings. Right. He might be able to admit that about himself. Right. You know, our maybe books are just as interesting as the actual books. (laughs) Like our maybe maybe books are are really, (laughs) these maybe maybe stories. Yeah, they're great. They're great. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, let's let's try to finish this chapter off here. Yes, please. Um, eight pouches. Hang on. Scoring six or seven. Eight. Yeah. So flying in formation against awesome. him. You know. Yeah. Five against one. Right. Yeah. Five, five, if he, five against one. Yeah, that's so good. If he continued straight upward, they'd merely chase him until he ran out of stormlight. Mm-hmm. The sun was slipping down inch by inch. I love this too. Uh, not much time left. Mm-hmm. Zeth dove to the side. Zeth's swoop took him straight towards a pole, but it held no pouches. So he grabbed the pole itself. <laughs> this was awesome. Yeah. It was 10 feet long and he lightened it with a partial lashing. Love that little detail. Me too. too. That's awesome. Four teammates were still tailing him though. He had to make a stand, the sword suggested. You can take them. So this sword, I'm telling you, pretty rich. You can take them. You're not in battle here. <laughs> you can you're, take you're, you're, them. You're throwing around glitter. Yeah. This is glitter time. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> um, Zeth agreed. Okay, well, okay, I've got to make a stand. He zoomed down, and he was near the water. Younger squires dodged out of his way. I love that little detail, yeah. too. He comes down, and other squires are... He's so fast, they yeah. have to get out of the way. Right. right? He lashed himself to the side. In a smooth, predictable turn. I like this too, mm-hmm. this strategy. Exactly the opportunity the pack had been waiting for. But this was bait. Yeah. He was baiting them. But he was so frightened, sorry, but he was no frightened child to be intimidated and overwhelmed by superior numbers. Yeah. I think we need to remember that. Right. I do. Remember that uh, that scene of him in Hananavar's throne room, the king of Yakaved. And they yeah, all okay. and he's got his sword he's got the sword out. And he's about to try mm-hmm. to kill the king. And right. then the king reveals all these shard bearers and all the half shards that they have and he's just like, "You know what? I don't even fucking need this." And he like he makes the sword disappear yeah. and he just handles them with lashings. Yeah. Like That's he's, right. he's been outnumbered, severely outnumbered before, and he, he's not easily cowed. No, and not a frightened child. It's kind of like saying, I'm not uh, Shalon here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the one who cowers. Right. I'm not the one who uh, The flinches. one who hides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one who flinches. I'm not. So at, at least that's what, what I thought. Yeah, just, I like that. It's a playful thing. And it's, and it's by no means I'm not to Renarin. insult Shalon. <laughs> yeah. What's that? I'm not Renarin. I'm not running. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to be <laughs> know, insulting there. It's just, uh, it evoked that, uh, little, little thing in me when I, when I was reading it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not Shalon here, <laughs> overwhelmed by superior numbers. Yeah, it seems a little cruel. I'm not picking on Shalon, but um, <clears throat> he was the assassin in white, and this was but a game. Yeah. I'm in control here. This game is mine. Mm-hmm. Zeth spun and began batting the pouches away with his staff. Oh, he's calling it a staff now. Right, that's, right. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Managed to hit the last one back into the face of the leader named Ty. It got dust in Ty's eyes, and the group expended most of their pouches, which let Zeth lash now directly toward them get close. Mm-hmm. And nobody should ever let him get close. <laughs> awesome line. Dude. Yeah. Those two lines are great. Like, you know, I am not a frightened child overwhelmed yeah. by superior numbers. Yeah. And you should never let me get close. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So great. Yeah. Okay. He dropped his staff and grabbed a squire by her shirt, using her as a shield. That's so great. <laughs> it's kind of, it's so cool. Like he's, it, he, you know. He grabs the pole. He has a shard blade. Yeah. He grabs the squire. Yeah. He has a shield. He has he has a shield, shard, uh, you know. Yeah. The only thing that, that I don't think was present here, uh, in a way, symbolically, if you will, is shard plate. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing. And I was imagining, and I had another thought, actually, during this. I'll share it with you. Just um, when he was getting hit, let's say, mm-hmm. and it was getting towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was maybe just prior to when he first went in the lake and I thought, oh, okay, there's the loophole. It's going to wash off. Mm -hmm. So I had one thought, which was, I was wondering if he was using some power to make it such that his clothes would simply like, like it looked like the powder was like attached to him, Yeah, but it wasn't. And he could just release it and it would just fall off. Right. I was thinking that maybe there would have been like a surge or something that he knew how to do mm-hmm. that, w- that he would be standing there with, with, with the powder on and then it just, it just would fade away or, yeah. or the wind would carry it away or something. Yeah. That would have been cool. That's, that's a thought I had while I was reading, but yeah. then once it went to the water and then I thought, oh, okay, oh, there, there it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. He could lash himself backward. Hold, okay. He drops his staff, grabs the, okay, grabs the squires a shield. Oh my God. So Zeth spun with her and then kicked her towards at, at one of her companions they slammed together trailing streaks of red dust so he's using them getting dust on each other right right by slamming them into each other he grabbed another squire from the pack but this man's body resisted the lashing it was more difficult to move him while they were using stormlight he could though lash himself backward haul, hauling the man with him and then when he let go the squire had trouble adjusting to the change in momentum, jolting himself, letting himself get hit by a half dozen b- bags from outsiders. Yeah. So he caused great confusion in this and then, of course, um, continues to, uh, to do well in this game. Beneath him, Ty called out to the others, pointing to Zeth. Get him! Oh, good, the sword says. Zeth lashed himself downward. Yeah, the sword seems to be pleased with being outnumbered. Yeah. Like, because I want great numbers around because me. Because that means you might you will draw see me. my power. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I don't know. Zeth lashed downward. Uh, it proved wise as many of the squires shot up past him. His best defense was going to be some form of confusion, he thinks. He got among them a storm of pouches targeting him. Zeth did what he could, but there were too many. One pouch struck his back, 
followed by a second, a third hit his side. Dust flew all around him as the squares hit each other too. Mm -hmm. That was his hope. That even as he took hits, they would take more. He soared up and dove again, causing the others to dodge like sparrows before a hawk. Mm -hmm. And I love that comparison. Yeah. They're flying in formation, but they're, but ultimately, uh, yeah, that's nice. But you're a flock of sparrows. Right. Against, against a, a hawk. hawk. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. He flew along the water, scattering fish in the waning light. And then he shot upward, but his stormlight ran out and his glow vanished. The tempest within him died. The cold took him. Zeth arced in the air and was pummeled with a dozen different pouches. He splashed into the pure lake. Fortunately, he hadn't been too high. Mildly painful. He hit the bottom, and then when he stood up, the others hit him with another round of pouches. No mercy from this group. The last sliver of the sun vanished, and Master Warren shouted, an end to the test. Zeth stood waist deep in the water. Wow, the sword said. I kind of feel bad for you. <laughs> Thank you, Sword Nimi. I. What were those two spren floating nearby, shaped as small slits in the air? They separated the sky like wounds in skin. When they moved, the substance of reality seemed to bend around them. Zeth bowed his head. He might have lost his con this contest, but he seemed to have impressed the high spren. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is cool. Um, that's the goal, he's right? He's bond a spren, right? And they're, they've spren. taken notice. He might have lost the contest, but he they've taken notice. The and the reason why he ends up plum uh, pl plummeting into the water here yeah. is because he runs out of stormlight, and right. he runs he out of stormlight because he's doing so much with the stormlight that was given to him. Right. Everyone, I'm assuming, had the same amount of stormlight going into this contest. Sure, and he's sure. doing so much, and he's capable of so much because he knows how to use this surge. Right, that he's expended it faster than the others. Yep, that's right. Or had he lost? He thinks. What exactly had the rules been? Thoughtful, he ducks under the water, swimming in the shallow lake back toward the bank. He climbed out, water streaming from his clothing, as he walked up to the others. The masters had brought out bright sphere lanterns, along with food and refreshment. A Tashiki squire was recording the points while two masters adjusted what counted as a hit and what did not. Zeth suddenly felt frustrated by their games. Nin had promised him the opportunity to cleanse Shinovar. What time was there for games? The moment had come for him to ascend to a rank beyond all of this. Okay, so he's tired of games. Yeah. He was enjoying himself, but now he's also tired of it. I'm sorry to have won this contest as I did the one with the prison. Oh. You, Ty says, incredulous. Ty had five spots on him. Not bad. You got hit at least two dozen times. I believe, Zeth says, that the rule stated the winner was the one with the fewest marks on his uniform. He held his hands to the side, showing that his white clothing was washed clean during the swim. Warren and Key shared a look. She nodded with a hint of a smile. There is always one, Warren says, who notices that, who notices that. Remember that while loopholes are to be exploited, Zeth's son, Naturo, they are dangerous to rely upon. Mm -hmm. 
Still, you have done well, both in your performance and in seeing this hole in the rules. He glanced into the night, squinting at the two Highspren, who seemed to have made themselves visible to Warren as well. Hmm. Others agree with you. I like that. That's I don't think I noticed that before, that the yeah. Highspren made themselves visible to the masters to be like, to the master. we're, we're taking notice of him and you we're should take notice no- of it too. Right. Yeah. It is cool. He used a weapon, said one of the other squires, and he broke the rules. I used a pole to block pouches, but I did not attack anyone with it. You attacked me, said the woman he'd thrown at someone else. (laughs) Physical contact was not forbidden, and I cannot help it if you are unable to control your lashings when I release you. (laughs) That's so true. Key leaned into Warren. He is beyond the skill of these. I hadn't realized. Warren looked back to him. You shall soon have your spren gauging by this performance. Not soon, Zeth says. Right now. I shall say the third ideal this night, choosing to follow the law. I know, a voice interrupted. Mm-hmm. So Zeth is like legit, like, I'm doing it right now. I'm going to bond right this now. one of these spren. I like that. Yeah. Like that the confidence so forthright. Of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to say my third ideal. Let's go. No more games. Yeah. No, no more, more games. games. And then right. Nail shows up. And then and Nail like, puts a pause in things. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. A figure stood up on the ba- on the low wall surrounding the Order's stone courtyard. Skybreakers gasped, holding up lanterns, illuminating a man with dark Macabaki skin highlighted by a white crescent birthmark on his right cheek. Mm-hmm. He wore the striking uniform of silver and black. Sin, sorry, Nin Sun God, Nail Naku Nalan, this man, had a hundred different names and was revered across all of Rashar, the Illuminator, the Judge, a founder of humankind, defender against the desolations, a man ascended to divinity, the herald of justice had returned. I fucking love him so much, dude. He might like, you know, he's done some bad shit or whatever, Yeah, but what, like he's, he's got a really, really cool character design. Black and silver, the crescent moon scar on his cheek. He's like, you know, the, the, the dark Macabaki skin. He's ominous, but he stands for justice. Like, it's just so cool. It's like, he's Batman. (laughs) It's like, he's the Punisher. Moon Knight. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, he's Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, he's so fucking cool. He's wicked. Yeah. Before you swear, Zeth San Naturo, Nin says, there are things you need to understand. He looks across the skybreakers, things that you must all understand. Squires, masters, gather our gemstone reserves and mobile packs. We will leave most of the squires. They leak stormlight too much, and we have a long way to go. Tonight, just one? he asked. Tonight. It is time for you to learn the two greatest secrets that I know. Hmm. And I love how Key calls him just one. Yeah, just one. Like, not just one, but he is the just one. Yeah, right. I love that so much. Yeah. And and what do you think? The two greatest secrets I know. I don't know. If he's willing, he's, he's willing to share it. Now, it appears like this is something he hasn't shared with the masters before. Right. He says, the squires and the masters come with me. 
he's not sharing this with Zeth. He's sharing this with the group. Right. And right. the weaker squires are going to have to stay behind because they're not going to be able to make the trip. We have a far, we have a long way to go. I hope I'm, what I'm hoping this is, is a reveal in the story. Right. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we, you know, we're, we're, that we unearth something from a herald given to the Skybreakers. It's not coming from Yasna's, uh, you know, Veristatalian digging mm-hmm. or Shalon's efforts or from the band in any way or mm-hmm. Dalinar or Navani. Kind of hoping this is like a little morsel, a gift. It'd be, it'd be awesome. That, uh, I don't know, illuminates a bit more of the, mm-hmm. of the veil, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, like lifts the veil a bit more on the story. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. What's your, uh, uh what's your highlight? highlight? Yeah. Oh man. Highlight. I don't know. Uh, hang on. We, well, highlight has to be, my God, it's potting with you and getting the, the, the S, the honor blades. The, the S. The, the, the chapter of, yeah. Chapter 98. <laughs> that's going to be infamous. Yeah, that's great. It's um, going to be like a diehard now. It's going to be like a diehard. Um, yeah, like that changed the game. I was just from that, I was, you know, brought to a window mm-hmm. looking into Zeth's potential past, but seeing much more than just him practicing with multiple honor, uh, honor blades, having multiple, like having many experiences with the different surges. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it invites the idea that maybe others have had that as well. Right. Amongst Shin society or, or maybe amongst just exclusively with the skybreakers right. of, of Shin. Right. Or it could be just Shin, uh, uh, um, Zeth and a, like, it's not all the Shin. That might be no, like doing this. That's right. But it could be no. a very small group of them. Maybe there's only 12 of them. One right. for each blade yeah. or, or 10 of them, one for each blade. And they yeah. all were able to very interchange possible. all the blades and use them yeah. all or whatever. Yeah. Well, we know that one of the blades didn't end up getting left behind. That's Talns, Herald of War. He took his back with him when he went to Damnation. So he didn't leave his right. behind in the dirt, right? So, there'd be, so if the Shin have all of them, there's nine. And so- Yeah, but- Hang on, hang, I, I want to just mention this mm-hmm. before I forget it. Um, is it possible that the other name that was dropped as the other swordmaster? Oh yeah, to to Vasher to Zale, this kind of thing. That other name that was dropped, maybe that individual played a has played a role in the teaching and mastery of more than one sword. Right. It's possible. It's possible. Um, it's a very, it's a throwaway line that we don't know much about. Maybe, no, no. uh, Buzzkill Joe will have more information on, yeah, on in the that info, in, the, yeah, in the info dump. Yeah. Um, my highlight is also the honor blades having yeah. covered it this time, not having seen yeah. it before. Um, more than likely it does not mean anything. Right. Um, but to imagine what it could mean is I think my highlight. I, I really love right, the idea right. that maybe the Zeth, maybe. even if we don't even think about any, anybody else, but Zeth, maybe Zeth sure. even has the knowledge of more than just one set of surges. Like right. maybe he could teach Shalon something, or maybe he could teach lift something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. that sounds amazing. That sounds awesome. Or, or maybe they know this information to be able to better fight against other radiance maybe zeth will be better equipped to be able to fight against lift or against shalon because he knows their tricks right yeah if he if he continues to be used we're saying that it's a good thing it might not necessarily be a good thing for our heroes right yeah um i love that if if anyone out there has any thoughts on this whether or not 
you have ever thought about whether or not Zeth has trained with more than just the one sh- uh, honor blade, please reach out on, on all the socials and let us know what you think. I, I'd love to hear what you guys, your theories is. So, yeah. Um, what a great champion of Odium if you're trained in all the surges, right? Yeah. Nine shadows. Oh. Nine blades were left behind. Right. Nine shadows. We know that the nine shadows are supposed to be the unmade, but... Right. But nine, nine, it's symmetrical. Hmm, I hadn't thought of that before. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That makes Seth even more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But more or, interesting, or too. Who, <laughs> yeah, or someone who learns uh, all, the, all the surges. Right. Okay, so we do get a nice piece of art here mm-hmm. yeah, for we the kind Mandras. of talked about it last, uh, last episode that we were going to... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very, very nice. Um, you know, what's interesting about the, the, these little notes um, is that they give some clues as to how the, this creature kind of moves about, mm-hmm. which, in fact, the clue is, is that they don't know how they move about. No, they don't, yeah. Because apparently it's not, you know, they don't have legs. It says here, they move with a sinuous grace, but unlike sky eels, I don't know if the mandras really need to obey any rules of physics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So that's interesting. Uh, The wings move in a regular rhythm, but they do not appear to be the source of either locomotion or lift. Yeah. That's really cool about yeah. these things. It's really, I really neat. like them. Um, and then, of course, it's got a lovely uh, drawing here. Hang on. Do we know who's doing these drawings? Are these this Shalon's is, drawings? This is Shalon's drawing because in the chapter, okay. I okay. think uh, Kaladin goes up to her, right? Yeah. And a- a- asks her about the drawing. And this is the drawing That's that she right. has. Yeah. Well, and then you can see it in full gear on, on the lower drawing on this. Uh, mm hmm. Which is really quite neat. You can see that harness yeah, at the front. Yeah, that's really cool. The process by which the sailors steer is incredible to watch. Wow. With pulleys on either side. Yeah, that's really neat. The really amazing part is what the, what, what, I mean, we're not going to bury the lead here, but we'll get to it in a little bit, is when right. Shalon and Kaladin talk about Luxpren. And yes. these spren that are right. seen with sky eels and chasm fiends and Sanderson has kind of put these spren out there and even Shalon disguised herself as one and called herself and they, and everyone called her swift spren back in Kolinar. This is the, this arrowhead with the two long things, the two long, uh, uh tendrils is what she was just uh, like, um, described, uh, described as. So, right. Right. And it says something like, you know, um, no one knows how, like, why sky eels can fly, and it seems like these things are helping them. The, the sky eels are always surrounded by these tiny little spren that look like this arrowhead, and that maybe they're connected. And then he says something like, um, and the, the, the chasm fiends are surrounded by them too. And then he's like, Well, chasm fiends don't fly, and she's like, Yeah, but they, they would normally crush, yeah, they would they be buckle. crushed under their own weight. Hang on. So are they, so are they bonded then? Maybe. We don't know. We don't know what this creature has connections with other creatures in the physical world. We have really no right. idea. It's wow, really, really neat though. It is neat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So chapter 99, Reachers. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
It starts with Nergaul was known for driving forces into a battle, into a battle rage, lending them great ferocity. But curiously, Nergaul did this for both sides of a conflict. Yeah. That sounds an awful lot like a demon to me. Yeah. Someone who just relishes in chaos, not picking sides. No. I want both sides to be raging. It sounds like an arms dealer. Or that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's true. It could yeah. be the Lord of War. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's Give it. both sides the guns. Let Give them both kill sides and, yeah. just, and just see how it plays out. Yeah. Give me some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it seems uh, common of the less self-aware spren. So, yeah, so strange. Yeah. It seems, hang on, uh, Voidmere. Both sides, Voidbringer and human, he would do this to Nurgaul. This seems common of the less aware, less self-aware Spren. Again, see, self-aware, they're almost indicating that you're self-aware, you're an individual, therefore you've got potentiality, if you will, for something other than just the nature of your force. Right. If you will, the raw energy of whatever you are. Mm -hmm. They're kind of hinting at that, I think. Right. <clears throat> like, like almost like personification is like a real development. Right. It's almost like, like it's saying that Nergaul doesn't take sides. Could, they could be suggesting that too, which, which I find lends itself to just more, you just want to see ca we chaos. We know the, the, the unmade are of odium, but in that right. Nergaul wants the thrill to be used. It doesn't right. care who uses it. No, just as long as it's being used. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately he, you know, I, I guess you could construe that no matter if you're good natured or bad natured, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're both willing to use the thrill in this way. Yeah. Well then you're, how good are you? I wonder if Nergaul gets something out of it. Yeah. Like maybe. if someone could, uses could the thrill, it feels good or it's rewarding for Nergul in some kind of way. Yeah. And so why yeah. not make it available to everyone? Cause then more people can just use it. And then there, I get more of whatever it is I'm getting back. Uh, he's earning th uh, thrill bucks. <laughs> yeah. He gets it's like, like road, every, it's like road bucks. Road... <laughs> My kid's like always, yeah, daddy, can I buy a new dress with the road bucks? No, get out of here with your new dresses. <laughs> Okay, th this chapter begins with, so this is 99 Reachers. When Kaladin awoke mm -hmm. on the ship in Shadesmar, the others were already up, which he didn't like this. He sits up in his bunk, listening to the beads crash outside the, the hull. And there seemed to be a pattern or a rhythm to them. Or was he just imagining things? Um, his thoughts strayed into his men dying, and of Elokar and Moash, and worrying about Drahi and Scar. Mm -hmm. And he hated that he was the last one up. This, this was, this was always a bad sign. Yeah. Bad sign for a bad day. Um, the vessel had three levels to it. The bottom was the hold. The next was the lower deck, which was where the cabins were largely for the humans. The upper deck was open to the sky and was populated by the spren. Sill said they were light spren, but the common name was reachers. So these these spren that are uh, basically commanding the ship. Yeah. They looked like humans with strange bronze skin, metallic. 
Who are those metallic beings in Marvel that was in the Marvel movies? Um, it was in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. Can't oh, yeah, they were... They were cool, but yeah, they were the uh, the dicks, right? Like they were. They, were, yeah. um, they had the um, their all their ships were all automated, right? Like there was like a video game. They that's were all, right. They yeah, were a video right. game, yeah, drones yeah, yeah. or something. Um, so these so these light spren, pop, no, it says populated by spren. Oh yeah, they were light spren, but called commonly as reachers. Mm-hmm. They were like living statues with this uh, bronze skin. Mm-hmm. Both men and women wore ragged jackets and trousers and this was actual human clothing yeah this was not like a manifestation like what sill wore right you know it's neat as it is neat I'm, I'm curious as to why they would want to wear real clothing in shadesmar as opposed to maybe they're some like man of they're cold light spread maybe shadesmar's cold and i don't know <laughs> cold uh was it cold makes water right right that's right um, they carried knives on them and the ship, uh, Kaladin noticed had wicked harpoons, which made him feel more comfortable because now he knew where a weapon could be if he mm-hmm. needed one. I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um, he still was on the bow and he was looking at her and he's like, what? Her dress was red. And instead of her normal, sorry, instead of the normal bluish kind of white and her hair was changed to black. Mm-hmm. Her skin was flesh-colored and tan like Kaladin's. What on Roshar? So, what do you make of this? Well, it gets explained a little bit later. Her skin was like his. I know. But what do you make of it almost as if you're reading it for the first time? Because I was thinking, wait, like, is she trying to endear herself to him? Maybe. Like, uh, now I've got your tan skin. I've got a red dress on. Hey. Which... Which could be, you know, the red light, the red telephone, right. alarm bell. But right. I don't know. I, th- I think in this case, probably not. Blue, blue, white carpet once white. Or no, no, red carpet once blue white. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, w- I was kind of curious, and then we find out it's uh, a little later. It's uh, Shalon yeah, says something yeah, because she's like nervous away. about being an honor sprint out in a like a popula- right. populated area. It's strange though because all these other sprint are going to be around. So why is it? bad for an honor spread to be like seen we don't know enough about spread like politics and like society to know whether or not like maybe honor spread aren't supposed to leave their city or maybe um maybe they're hated by the people who live in celebrant we don't know yeah yeah interesting i don't know um okay so he goes over to her he crosses the deck towards her, stumbling as the ship crashed through a uh, swell of beads. And Shallan said this was more smooth than some of the boats that she'd been on. So that's interesting. Yeah. I think when she was in the South, in the South Sea, right? Like yeah, when she was going around tra- chasing frozen. around uh, Shallan, or when she was right. chasing around Yasna. Okay. Um, ah, human, says one of the Reachers, as Kaladin was passing by. That was the captain, wasn't it? Captain Iko? He resembled the Shin Man with large, childlike eyes. He was shorter than the Alethi, but sturdy. Come with me, Iko told Captain. Sorry, told Kaladin. Kaladin sighs and then follows the captain. So he doesn't get to go over to Sil right now. Yeah, right away. He gets uh, interrupted here. There was a line of copper 
plating that ran down the inside wall of the stairwell, and Kaladin had seen a similar ornamentation on the deck. And he assumed it was decorative, but as the captain walked, he rested his fingers on the metal in an odd way. Mm-hmm. From this, you know, this uh, humming or like it's it's a rhythm or vibration, right? That's passing through. This. There seems to be something that these light spren, these reachers need from this copper. Right. Yeah. Because they conducting. say it says a little later they they walk around barefoot. Do right. They not. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, touching a plate with the tips of his fingers, Kaladin felt a distinct vibration. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They passed the quarters of an ordinary spren and sailors. They, they didn't sleep. They were just enjoying their breaks from work, sitting, sorry, swinging quietly in hammocks, often reading. That's cool. Yeah. These uh, reachers. Yeah, reading. Cool. They don't need to sleep, but yeah. Yeah, they just like to chill. You know, they just want to hang out and... Read their romance novels, I'm guessing. I don't know. (laughs) It didn't bother him to see male reachers with books. Spren were so obviously similar to Arden's who were outside of common understandings of male and female. And at the time, Spren reading, or sorry, at the same time, Spren reading, how odd. Right. And so it's kind of, I like that paragraph because it's kind of normalizing it and then realizing, wait a sec, hang on. (laughs) Even spread reading is odd, yeah. Yeah. When they reached the hold, the captain turned on a small oil lamp. Sorry, he turned on a small oil lamp, and Kaladin was wondering how it worked. How did he create the fire? How did it work? Why not use spheres for light? Kaladin asks. We have none, Iko says. Stormlight fades too quickly on this side. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Stormlight's not your fuel over here. No, can't. Yeah. Um, that was true. Kaladin's team carried several larger unset gemstones, which would hold stormlight for weeks, but the smaller spheres would run out. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that they sold everything, right? Yeah, it says here they've been able to trade the chips and marks to the lighthouse keeper in exchange for supplies, mostly cloth, to buy passage on this ship. Okay. Yeah, they, li- they really like the cloth. <laughs> we need more cloth for this journey <laughs> not enough cloth <laughs> not enough cloth we're into the cloth diapers here <laughs> um, the lighthouse keeper wanted the stormlight Kaladin says he kept it in some kind of a, of a globe foreign technology Captain Iko confirms dangerous draws the wrong kind of spren mm-hmm at Celebrant, the money changers have perfect gemstones that can hold the light indefinitely. Similar. Perfect gemstones? Kaladin asks. Like the Stone of the Ten Dawns? Have we had that reference before? No. Stone of the Ten Dawns? So it's, that sounds like it's a, um, a fairly known gemstone that is a perfect gemstone. Right. No cracks, no flaws. It is a perfect right. gemstone. Um, known as the Stone of Ten Dons. So. I don't know this thing. Light in a perfect stone doesn't run out. So you can give stormlight to the money changers. They use devices to transfer it from smaller gemstones. Or sorry, yeah, from smaller gemstones to their perfect ones. Then they give you credit to spend in the city. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So that's that's a um, a point there. What we 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 should know is that a perfect gemstone, because it is not flawed, it never lo- runs out of storm runs light. out of its light. A right. surge binder can use it, and it will yeah. eventually run out from use. But if it's you know um, if it has stormlight in it that it's been infused from the storm, it will never eventually run out because eventually a, the 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 stormlight just will slightly leak out of it from the imperfections and then run out. But a perfect one never runs out. Never runs out. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, then they would give you credit to spend the city. The hold was closely packed with barrels and boxes. And Ico selected a rope-handled box from a stack and then asked Kaladin to pull it out. Kaladin spent some time thinking about these perfect gemstones did such a thing exist on his side? Right. Right. Like on his side, if there was a perfect gemstone. How valuable that would be. Would that would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It could mean the difference between life and death for Radiance during the weeping. Mm-hmm. Mm. Once Iko was done resettling the cargo, he gestured for Kaladin to help him pick up the box that they'd removed. They maneuvered it outside and brought it out into the top deck. The captain knelt and opened the box, which revealed a strange device that looked a little like a coat rack. It's about three feet tall and made of steel. It had dozens of little metal prongs extending from it, like branches of an, on a tree, and it had a metal basin at the very bottom. Iko fished in a pocket and took out a small box, from which he removed a handful of glass beads, like those made up in the ocean, and he placed one of them into a hole in the center of the device. Stormlight. Well, for what? Well, for you to live, says the captain. Are you threatening me, captain? Iko <laughs> sighs, regarding him with a suffering expression, very human in its nature. It seemed the look of a man talking to a child. Mm-hmm. The Spren captain waved his hand, so Kaladin took a diamond mark from his pocket. Cradling the sphere in one hand, Iko touched the glass bead. He'd put in the fabril, This is a soul, he said. A soul of water, but very cold. Ice? Kaladin asks. Ice from a high, high place. Mm-hmm. Ice that has never melted. Ice that ne- has never known a warmth. You know how to manifest souls? No, Kaladin says. Well, some of your kind do. It is rare. It's funny when he says kind. Does he mean radiance? Uh, maybe, or humans. Right. Some of your kind do know how to manifest souls. It's rare among us, too. The gardeners amongst the cultivation spread are best at it. Oh, so this would be Windle, right? Right. I am unpracticed, the captain admits. The ocean bead expanded and grew cloudy, looking like ice. Kaladin got a distinct sense of coldness from it. Iko handed back the diamond mark, now partially drained, and then dusted off his hands and stood up, pleased. What does it do, Kaladin says? It gets cold now. But why? Because cold makes water. Water collects in that basin. You drink, and you don't die. Cold makes water, Kaladin thinks. It didn't seem to be making any water that Kaladin could see. Iko hiked off to survey the spren steering the ship, and Kaladin knelt beside the device, and eventually he spotted drops of water collecting 
on the branches of the device, hmm. which they ran down the metal and gathered in the basin. Huh, Kaladin thinks. When the captain said during their initial negotiations that he could provide water for the passengers, Kaladin assumed there would be some barrels on board. I assume that too. Yeah. This is really cool. Um, the device took about a half hour to make a small cup of water. Kaladin drank it as a test. The water was cool, but flavorless, unlike rainwater. How did coldness make water, though? So clearly, as we get to know later, it's condensation. Right, of course. Um, was this melting ice in the physical realm somehow and bringing it here? Yeah, that's something I don't know. Like, it, we would assume maybe it's having something to do with the air. and You're, you're extrapolating mm-hmm. moisture out of the air from the cold. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how it fully functions. Syl walks over, her skin, hair, and dress still colored like those of a human. She stopped next to him and placed her hands on her hips and went into full pout. Mm-hmm. What? Kaladin asked her. Well, they won't let me ride one of the flying spren. That's smart. No, it's insufferable, Yeah, she says. That's funny. Why on Rishar would you look at one of those things and think, you know what, I need to get on its back? <laughs> Sil looked at him as if he were crazy. Because uh, they can fly? Yeah, but so can you. Actually, so can I. Yeah, but no, you don't fly. You fall the wrong way up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so great. That's funny. She unfolded her arms so that she could fold them immediately again and huff loudly. (laughs) I I love that. She unfolded her arms so that she could refold them. Refold (laughs) them to redo it. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You're telling me you're not even curious about what it's like to climb on one of those things? Oh, man. It's so funny. I would have been, nope, not at all, but I'll gladly watch. I love this next line. It reminds yeah. us of who really Kaladin really is. Yeah. Horses, horses are, are bad, bad enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> What's that song? Horses are bad enough. <laughs> I'm not about to get onto something that doesn't even have legs. Right. Where, where's your sense of adventure? Yeah, Cal. Where's your sense of yeah, adventure? <laughs> just climb onto a strange creature. How'd you get on creature? a giant mandrus? Right. A, a creature where... We don't know how it moves. Don't yeah, you no want to get on this thing? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Right. I mean, it sort of looks like a uh, Falcor. I mean, wouldn't you want to ride a Falcor? I would ride Falcor. Well, um, but Falcor has beautiful ro- long eyelashes, and he's, he's that's he's how he flies. Um, is his eyelashes? I don't know. He's is a his pearl pink uh, scales is what gives him his power? I like those pearlescent scales. Yeah. And I love his voice, Falcor's. I, I mean, I would ride a Mandra if I if I was in that world. I would ride a Mandra, just like if I'm Sebastian. I'm like, I want to uh, ride a Falcor. I would ride Falcor. I don't know these Mandras. You know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a maybe. I kind of <laughs> want Kaladin to get on a Mandra and then Me just too. ride down like Big a time. beach and him going yeah, like throwing his arm up like Sebastian. Like would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> takes it down the alleys. Yeah. Okay. But he has to yell like a, a name no one really understands for 40 years before yeah. he gets and to do that. Moon and he scares Zeth. He scares Zeth in, into the dumpster. <laughs> what did you, sorry, so, just as an aside, what did you what? think Sebastian yelled at the end of uh, the uh, the movie? Oh, uh, as, a, as a child to me, it was, uh, it was uh, unintelligible. Like I couldn't make it out. 
it was only later in life that I looked at it and and then found out what it was. It was Moonchild, yeah. yeah. Tracy Moonchild. always her whole life thought it was Martha. Martha. And it was like a little anticlimactic at the Martha! end of that movie. You can name me anything you want. Martha. <laughs> I named you Martha. Yeah. And that's how the world of fantasy began. It's with by Martha. Martha. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Superman and Batman are looking at him like a good name. That's a good name. Right <laughs> They're there. like, it's a good name. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we agree on we something. We approve. Um, okay. Horses are bad enough. Where's your sense of adventure? Yeah. I dragged it. I dragged it out back and clubbed it senseless for getting me into this, into the army. What have you done to your skin and hair, by the way? It's a light weaving, she said. I asked Shalon because I didn't want rumors of an honor spread spreading from the ship's crew. Yeah, an honor spren, not welcome here, eh? Yeah. In Shadesmar. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. I, I, I feel like we're going to get more about, about it, about why, but um, maybe it's a smart thing. Yeah, Clearly, Syl feels like it's needed. It could be the same kind of distrust that is kept by some in, on the other side, about the Radiance. Right. You know, oh, we're not sure, you know, this didn't work out. The, mm -hmm. um, so there could be some failings, if you will, amongst the honor spren in Shadesmar. Right. And other, and other spren are looking at the honor spren going, well, didn't really work out. Mm -hmm. You weren't so honorable. Yeah. Don't know, don't know if we can trust you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's definitely something we're going to track. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that this kind of, that this series could have an, you know, entire books written solely just about Shadesmar mm -hmm. and the Spren it's perspective. Crazy. And, yeah. The whole yeah, society crazy. and how it all works. And yeah, it'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Horses are bad enough. We did that. We can use the mark running out of, hang on. We can't make, oh, sorry. He says about her light weaving her hair. Mm -hmm. By the way, if somebody in your life shows up with different highlights or different hair and your reaction is, what'd you do? Yeah. What? Uh, what? Like, like, uh, uh. I don't know. I, I don't think, uh. Are you trying to be my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually hoping that this whole time, I don't know, the, 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 the Cal Shalon thing. Yeah. Is, is interesting. Right. But I'm, what I'm hoping for is a, a movie called Some Kind of Wonderful, where Syl is, you is know, the, playing the role of the drummer. And she's like, well, yeah, she's pretty. Why don't you go be with her? I'll yeah. help you out. I'll just sit here drum. I'll just do some beats and stuff. Well, just like, I, I, I just, I kind of, I don't know, man. I, I it want, makes I, sense I, I kinda, because Syl is Some Kind of Wonderful. So she is. And I kind of like the idea. I don't know. Maybe it's too, maybe it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Human and... and well, this and, gets back to what we said before. Can, can Spren do it? Can they get busy? Can Spren... <laughs> do Spren fuck? <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. No, but I'm, I mean, I, 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 I have to feel, I feel like I have to bring out the, 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 yeah. the question because if they can't, that relationship is doomed. Maybe. You know? Maybe they can live without it. Right. Maybe they can. <laughs> maybe they can. Maybe they can just ha hold hands and 
Okay. I don't know if I don't really think that necessarily Kaladin and Syl uh, are a good match, but it's kind of like this unrequited kind of thing between Peter Pan and right. And, it's uh, it's literally your Tinkerbell. Deep, it's, it's the deep recesses of your childhood coming out. You want Tinkerbell and Pan to end up together, and this is a way of it for possibly happening. Reasons, you right? Know. For many reasons, because she's really mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she's really small. But here, she's humongous, so it's different. Right, humongous here. Yeah, humongous here. Right. Well, then Kaladin might have to move here, Mm -hmm. which he could, because we know that humans live here. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Okay. You don't fly, you fall, hang on. Why on Rashar would you look at one of those things and think, I mean, okay, no, hang on. I'm I'm in the wrong area here. Blur. Um, We can't waste Stormlight on something like that still. Uh, Kaladin says, with regards to changing her hair. Well, we used a mark that was running out anyway, so it was worthless to us. It would have been depleted by the time we arrived, so it's wasting nothing. Yes, but what if there's an emergency? She stuck out her tongue (laughs) out at him. She stuck her tongue out at him and the sailors at the front of the ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Kaladin returned the little tin cup to the place on the side of the device, then settled with his back to the ship railing. Shallan sat across the deck near the flying spren, doing sketches. You should go talk to her, Syl says. About wasting stormlight? Yes, perhaps I should. She does seem inclined to be frivolous with who sp- uh, she expends it for. Syl rolls her eyes. <laughs> what? Well, don't... Don't go lecture her, silly. Chat with her about life, about fun things. Yeah, about fun things. I I know you want to. I can feel that you do. Be glad I'm the wrong kind of spren. Or I would probably be licking your forehead or something to get at your emotions. (laughs) Be glad that I'm the wrong kind of spren? What? What do you think of that? Because she says that she's... Because of the kind of spren she is, she can feel his emotions. Mm-hmm. But if she was right. the, um, the wrong kind of spren, if she was the wrong kind of spren, she would be licking his forehead to find out how, how he was feeling, which is just some like strange, like what kind of fucking spren is that? Does does uh, does <laughs> okay. pattern ever well, clearly, lick Shalon's forehead? Like from the from the forehead lickers guild, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The Forehead Liquors Association. I hope that there's a Night Radiant Order that we don't know about <laughs> that is the lick, the Forehead Liquors. The, ho- the Holy Order of the yeah. Forehead Liquors? Their surges would be really weird. It seems to be like an insult. Ah, oh, you stupid Forehead Liquor. Yeah. Like a Nerf Herder <laughs> kind of thing? Like it's like Nerf that Herder, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Which is maybe why in Shadesmar your your forehead has to be covered up. Because, oh, it's like the ha- you know. <laughs> it's like a hava, but like for it's the foreheads. A, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. <laughs> headbands, headbands are a must here. Oh, you guys don't have no. headbands on? Oh God, you guys are in trouble. Yeah, here they come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we will provide. <laughs> oh God, I miss those eighties headbands. Okay, yeah. um, Shalon. Is betrothed to Adolin Kaladin. So she's trying to set these two up. She is. And and I'm kind of happy about that because we talked about this before. The two of them have something. There's a, there's a, there's a chemistry there. Mm-hmm. It's not just one-sided because Shalon has noticed Kaladin's strengths, mm-hmm. uh, power. Yep. 
And I, is it wrong for us to interpret that they both kind of they're are drawn into to each other? other for sure. They're drawn to each other. But Cal, but Cal it, says but is later it attraction. I don't know. Cal says later that uh, uh, let's get to it. But there's a part where he says that it's not like yeah. how he felt for these other people. It's not like that. Okay. Remember, so like he says it's not like how his... he felt for Laurel when he was younger or how, how romantic he was with Tara while it lasted. It's not like that. It's something else. Yeah. Well, it, it could be, it could be like, like more like true love. It, or it could be like, like. Or it could be less. It, it could, could be or, like or it could sisterly be just like some, or. It yeah. could be something else, right? It could, it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. I'm, I'm definitely in the court here of no romance. What? No romance between Kaladin and Shallan. I, I am too. I like Adolin. I love the idea of a platonic friendship <laughs> between a man and a woman that yeah. doesn't have to be uh, uh, about anything. They could love each other deeply and it only be that. And it doesn't yes. have to be about everything else. Do you know? I, I like that too. And, uh, and let's hope for that. Um, just in terms of track record, let's say in drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if the tool that's being used here is, is the bizarre love triangle. Right. Uh, I e- definitely think the, so. Even to the, even to the extent that Syl is like, like, are you sabotaging something, Syl? Are you yeah. trying to do something bad here? Right. Like, are you using strings with, with Kaladin mm-hmm. to interrupt something that, that should happen between Adolin and Shallan? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think she only has his best interest in mind. Okay. Um, but I don't necessarily think that being romantic with Shallan is it. I think it's important no. for them to have a really great friendship. And clearly yeah. Shallan makes Kaladin feel better. She does. But there's, there, you know does, there doesn't maybe need that's to, it. We've been maybe so programmed as a society to believe that if a man and a woman get along really, really well, they right. need to be romantic. Yeah. It doesn't need no. to be that way. Right. Do you know what I mean? They could be what they need for each other without it resulting in, uh, in romance and love, like in, in like sex. 100%. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And of course, maybe that's it is that, it, you know, just going back to what you said uh, a minute ago about still having his best interest in mind. Maybe it's just that Shalon is a piece to the puzzle of helping. Yeah. Kaladin I think that's what great, it is. Greatly. She doesn't care you know, about them like, being together. She just knows no. that when Kaladin is around Shallan, he feels better. That's it. Go hang out with her. The only thing that I find interesting is that he says, yeah, but Shallan is betrothed to Adolin. Right. Which isn't, and, but Syl's response is, which isn't an oath. Yeah. It's a promise to maybe make an oath sometime. Yeah. See, see, why would she say that? Like, if if she was being clear about her intentions, of course, she should have said something like, "Kaladin, I'm she, not trying I mean, to set I, you guys I'm, up." I'm the hopeful person who wants it to be just a friendship. But if Kaladin wasn't thinking of Shalon like that, he wouldn't even say Shalon is betrothed to Adolin. I can't. Right? If it wasn't in his head that he wanted to, then that wouldn't matter. Yeah. Right. So. I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it seems in, it seems indicative that Kaladin kind of does, does want something more yes. because he wouldn't yeah. have brought the, the betrothal. Right, right. he's and like, he, well, that's in my could. way. But he still doesn't understand yeah. how he feels towards her. Let's get to that part because right. I like that part yeah, a lot. Yeah. Okay, um, it's still not the sort of thing you play around with. Uh, Kaladin says to her, still rested her hand on his knee, 
says, Kaladin, I'm your spren. It's my duty to make sure that you're not alone. Oh, is that so, he says, and who, who decided? I did. And didn't, didn't, um, and don't give me excuses about not being lonely or about only needing your brothers in arms. You can't lie to me. You feel dark and sad, and you need something, someone, and she makes you feel better. Right. Storms, it felt like Sill and his emotions were double-teaming on him. One smiled with encouragement while the other whispered terrible things. That he'd always be alone. That Tara had been right to leave him. Mm -hmm. He filled another cup with as much water as he could get from the basin and then carried it towards Shalon. The pitching of the ship almost made him dump the cup overboard. Shalon glanced up as he eased down beside her, his back resting against the deck's railing, and he handed her the cup. It makes water, he said, thumbing at the device, by getting cold. Condensation? She asks, how fast does it go? Navani would be interested in that. Hmm. And she sipped the water, holding it in her gloved safe hand, which was strange to see on her. Even when they'd traveled the bottoms of the chasms together, she'd worn a very formal hava. Mm -hmm. You walk like they do, she says to Kaladin. They? The sailors. You keep your balance well. You'd have been a... You've been at home. You would have been at home as a sailor yourself, I suspect. Unlike some others, she nodded towards Azure, who stood across the deck, holding on to the railing for <laughs> dear life and occasionally shooting dis distrusting glares at the Reachers. Either she did not like being on a ship or did not trust the Spren. Perhaps both. Right. I love that. That's so funny. Could be. I wonder if it is with her. And I guess there's no, no, we don't have enough evidence to support it. I just keep trying to imagine what realm she's from, what world what she's from. What kind of, yeah, right. So here's a little hint that she's obviously not used to waves. Right. So maybe they have very like little water and on her world or. Could have very little water, could have, uh, the technology could be like spaceships. Right. Right. I mean, it, it would seem logical to me that space travel, uh, you know, would be more even straight. keeled while yeah. you're, yeah, it's straight. It's She's flat. more it's, used it's to not... like, uh, hard G's than, uh, than, hard G <laughs> than acceleration yeah, and hard. Yeah. G yeah maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe know. she's from the expanse. So, <laughs> that's what, so that's what I was thinking is that, uh, maybe, but I'm, I'm extrapolating. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, of, course, uh, of course. I'm trying to assign science fiction to her world when it could be something completely right. different. But we don't really know. Right. I mean, <clears> I know. know, but you don't. Oh, you know. I know. Wow. I know. I know must, things. Uh, fe must feel pretty nice over there. It, uh, yeah, on my high horse over here feels nice. Yeah. This, I'm catching up though, pal. Uh, even though I'm I hate horses. <laughs> I'm like Kaladin. <laughs> um, you walk like they do. Yeah, the sailors. She thinks that you'd be good on a ship. Well, let's see. Um, Asia's not doing so well though. That's funny. Yeah. Um, maybe she distrusts both the Reachers and the, sorry, the, uh, the ship and the, um, and the Spren. May I, Kaladin says to her, uh, nodding towards Shalon's sketch to have a look. Um, she shrugged, so she took the sketch pad and studied her pictures of the flying beasts. As always, they were excellent. What does the text say? Just some theorizing, she says. Flipping back a page in her notebook, I lost my original of this picture, so <clears throat> this is kind of crude. But have you ever seen something like these arrowhead spren here? 
Yeah, Kaladin said, studying her drawing. I've seen them near great shells. Chasm fiends, sky eels, anything else that should be heavier than it actually is. Sailors call them Luxpren on our side. She gestured with the cup towards the front. They call these mandras, but the arrowhead shapes on their heads are the same shape as the Luxpren. These are bigger, as I think they, or something like them, help the sky eels fly. Yeah, but chasm fiends don't fly. Yeah. Well, they kind of do, mathematically. Bavimar did the calculations on Reshi great shells and found that they should be crushed by their own weight. And we remember so this, the Reshi great shells from that chapter with Risen. Right. So this kind of goes to like, is, is, aren't, aren't there some examples in our world that are like this, like bumblebees are supposed to not be able to fly, but they yeah. do. Right. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Huh, Kaladin says. She started to get excited. There's more. Those mandras, they vanish sometimes, and their keepers call it dropping. I think they must, get, must be getting pulled into the physical realm. It means you can never use only one mandra to pull a ship, no matter how small that ship. <laughs> and you can't take them, or most others spread too far from human population centers on our side. They waste away and die for reasons people here don't understand. Crazy, right? That's cool. Dropping, it exists and then... And it's just gone? That's why they always need two? But here's the thing. Where, where, where do you go? And if you're riding one, yeah. do you go two? Right. You just start falling. Oh, shit. I shouldn't have rid this thing. Well, well, you're, well you're not necessarily, not, not, not necessarily falling. You're, you go into another world. Yeah, very possibly. And your tiny little version of you on a tiny little spren in the physical world. Ah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what do they eat? Kaladin asks. I'm not sure. Sill and Pattern talk about feeding off emotions, and there's something else that she trails off as Kaladin flipped to the next page, looking at a drawing of Captain Iko, but it was a it was very juvenile, basically a stick figure. Did Aelin get a hold of your sketchbook? This is funny. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying out diff- a different style. Thanks for the water. So, of course... We kind of know what this is, right? right. This is, this is uh, Vale, right? Yeah. Or maybe another personality inside of her coming out uh, doing some yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe. Sort of maybe. We're not exactly sure what it is, but um, we do know that before I... she was having a hard time drawing, remember? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Do we have any other theories? Did I have a theory on that? Like, I don't think so. It was something why that she couldn't kinda, draw. Yeah, we, she was just having See, a hard I time. I assumed like, it was uh, Veil, vale, like like seeping into different characters, yeah, and that's blending a too. bit. Yeah, it was possible. She's having a hard time kind of controlling who she is right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um. Yes, I had to walk all the way from over there. He says after giving her the water, at least seven steps, easily ten. Shalon says. And on this precarious deck, too. Very dangerous. Practically as bad as fighting the fused, he says. Well, you could have stubbed your toe or gotten a splinter or pitched over the side and been lost to the depths, buried by a thousand thousand beads and the weight of the souls of an infinite number of foreign or forgotten objects. Or that, he says. Oh, right. <laughs> That's funny. Highly unlikely, Shallan agreed. They keep this deck well-maintained, so there really aren't any splinters. Well, with my luck, I'd find one anyway. 
I had a splinter once, she says. It eventually got out, got out of hand. Oh, you did not just say that. <laughs> yes, you obviously imagined it. What a sick, sick mind you have, Kaladin. Kaladin sighs and nods to the sailors. They do walk about barefoot. Have you noticed that? There's something about those copper lines that are set into the deck. The copper vibrates, Shallan says, and they keep touching it, so I think they might be using it to communicate somehow. That's really interesting. Well, yeah, it is interesting, eh? Yeah. That would explain why they don't talk much, Kaladin says. I'd have expected them to watch us a little more than they do. They don't seem that curious about us. Which is odd, considering how interesting Azure is. Wait, just Azure? Yes, in that polished breastplate and striking figure, with her talk of chasing bounties and traveling worlds, she's deeply mysterious. I'm mysterious, Kaladin says. Well, I used to think you were, and then I found out you don't like good puns. It's truly possible to know too much about somebody. <laughs> he grunts. I'll try to be more mysterious. Take up bounty hunting. Starting with a bounty on lunch, maybe. They'd been promised two meals a day, but considering how long it had taken Iko to remember they needed water, perhaps he should ask. I've been trying to track our speed, Shalon says, flipping through a notebook. Um, he could see that, oddly, they alternated between expert renditions and comically bad ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting, eh? I don't... So I thought it was the... Yeah, slip in between... What else could it be? I, th I think that you might Is something right. interfering with her ability to draw? No, like, I think she's just... Uh, she's unsure of who she is, and if she's coming in and out of herself, then that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. She landed on a map she'd made of this region in Shadesmar. Alethi rivers were now peninsulas, and the Sea of Spears was an island, with a city named Celebrant on the western side. The river peninsulas meant that in order to get to the city, the ship had to swing to the west. Shallan had marked their path with a line. It's hard to gauge our progress, she says, but I, I'd guess that we're moving faster than the average ship in our world. We can go directly where we want without worrying about the winds, for one thing. Mm -hmm. So, about two more days, Kaladin asks. More or less, quick progress. That's, that's huge. If they're moving faster in this world than they were moving in yeah. the, in the physical world, then they yeah. can make up some time. Mm. The travel from, you know, Kolinar to wherever they want to go, either right. the Horn Eater Peaks, the uh, uh, Cultivation's Perpendicularity, or Thalen City, whichever way they decide to go, right. um, they might be able to be in time for whatever it is that they're afraid that's going to happen. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's curious. Um, he moved his fingers down toward the bottom of her map. Thalen City, he asks, tapping one point. Yes, on this side, it will be on the edge of the Lake of Beads. We can guess the Oathgate will reflect there as a platform, like the one we left in Kolinar. But how to activate it? I want to try. Dalinar is in danger. We need to get to him. Shallan. We need to get to him, Shallan, in Thalen City. She glanced to Azure, who maintained that was the wrong direction to go. Kaladin, I don't know if we can trust what you saw. It's dangerous to presume that you know the future. I didn't see the future, Kaladin said quickly. It wasn't like that. It was like soaring the sky with a stormfather. I, I just know. I know I have to get to Dalinar. She still seemed skeptical. 
Perhaps he'd told them too much of the lighthouse keeper's theatrics. Mm -hmm. We'll see, she says, once we get to Celebrant. Do you suppose they have chairs anywhere? These railings aren't very comfortable for sitting against. Probably not, he says. What do you even call these things, Shallan says, tapping the railing. A deck wall? No doubt they've made up some obscure nautical word, Kaladin says. Everything on a ship has odd names. Port and starboard instead of left and right. Galley instead of kitchen. Nuisance instead of Shallan. <laughs> that was a name. Sorry, there was a name, railing. Deck guard. No, whale. It's called a whale. I don't really like how it feels to sit against this whale, but I'm sure I'll eventually get over it. He groaned softly. Really? Vengeance for calling me names. Name, one name, and it was more a declaration of fact than an attack. Uh, she punched him lightly in the arm and says, it's good to see you smiling. That was smiling, he asks. <laughs> It was the Kaladin equivalent. That scowl was almost jovial. <laughs> jovial scowl. I love that. That's so she, funny. She smiles at him. Yeah, this is cool. You know, like, let's hope that that's really all, is all that's required between these two characters. Mm -hmm. To just, you know, it's nice that Kaladin can smile with someone. I think that, I think my apprehension from this connection, this love connection. Yeah. Is that I like Adolin so much. Yeah, of course. And Adolin has repeatedly gone above and beyond to try to help Cal. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And, and for the, these two characters to kind of like get together, it feels yeah. a double betrayal. something. Yeah, it feels Absolutely. very bad. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just don't want it and I don't like it and I just don't want it. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't want it either. I, I sort of delight in the two in Kaladin's uh, feelings for her. Mm -hmm. You know, but Often, maybe that's enough sometimes. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. It can be, there can be attraction, there can be feelings, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to develop. Maybe Shalon is just one of those people that people fall in love with. And I don't know that sounds weird, yeah. but like, yeah. there are just some people who, who are just yep. amazing and they, that people fall for them. And they're not asking yeah. for it. They're not like, you know, doing nope. anything particular. It's just the per people that they are just attracts other people. And maybe Shalon's just yeah. one of those people. I think so. I think she's pretty magnetic. Mm -hmm. um, I might think someone else is a little more magnetic in this story, but. So, like who? Like uh, Wit or. Yeah. Um, maybe Wit. Eli? <laughs> yeah, Eli. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Eli. Yeah, it's yeah Eli. that's it. Yeah, that's right. Um. Okay, so it was, it was the Kaladin equivalent of a jovial scowl. That's funny. Something felt warm within him at being near her. Mm -hmm. Something felt right. It wasn't like that with Laurel, his boyhood crush, or even like with Tara, his first real romance. It was something different, and he couldn't define it. He only knew he didn't want it to stop, and it pushed back the darkness. Yeah, you know what? It's like describing friendship. Yeah. It really is. It's different. It, different I mean, than he a first might be describing romance. true love as well, but I, I really hope maybe he does, Sanderson doesn't go down this like true love, this Disney um, like you know true love and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I like the idea that a friend can make another friend feel great. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm hmm. I don't know. I just I like yeah. that. I like friendship. Mm hmm. I do too. Friendship's nice. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, let's let's hope it's that because I I don't like the wedges. I don't want I don't want the wedges in between the characters. Yeah. I don't know if I want for that further drama between Adolin, Kaladin, and Shallan. Right. I I just don't know. I just I yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. Down in the chasms, he said, when we were trapped together, you talked about your life, about your father. I remember, she says, in the darkness of the storm. Well, how do you do it, Shalon? How do you keep smiling and laughing? How do you keep from fixating on the terrible things that have happened? I, I cover them up. I have this uncanny ability to hide away anything I don't want to think about. It It's getting harder, she says. But for most things, I can just... She trails off, staring straight ahead. There, it's gone. Wow, he says. I know, she whispers. I'm crazy. <laughs> no, no, Shalon, I, I wish I could do the same. She looks at him and says, well, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy for doing it. You're crazy for you're wanting crazy to be for able to, wanting do to do it. Yeah, it's awesome. How nice would it be if I could simply shove it all away, he asks. He tried to imagine it not spending his life worrying about the mistakes he'd made, not hearing the constant whispers that he wasn't good enough or that he'd failed his men. This way, I'll never face it, Shalon said. It's better than being unable to function. Well, that's what I tell myself. She shook her head. Yasna said that power is an illusion of perception. Act like you have authority, and you often will. But pretending fragments me. Mm-hmm. it's I'm too good at pretending yeah that's a big line right there that's a big line yeah pretending fragments me mm-hmm. well whatever you're doing it's obviously working if I could smother these emotions I would do so eagerly she nodded but fell silent and then resisted all further attempts to draw into her uh, her into conversation right so I was totally connecting with Kaladin on that last bit here yeah. where not spending your time worrying about the mistakes you've made, like tearing yourself up. Like I connect with that in a major, It's major so way. funny though, to see the two of them have these issues and one kind of covet the others. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think it's a great way of, uh, a sort of illustrating that how do I put this? Um, that there's no one thing or magic fix. Right. Um, you can adopt a new thing and it may work for a while, mm-hmm. like with what Shalon's doing, right? right? It works for a while until it doesn't. Yeah, right? exactly. She's great at it. So, and then she's like, I'm almost too good at it. I'm almost, well, it, it fra- now it fragments me. Right. So, you know, and, and I think that that's kind of interesting for Kaladin to think about is it's kind of like, look, you might be seeking her ability to do this, but take a look at her yeah, and listen to her words. She's telling you it also fragments her. Yeah. It's so Kaladin, it may not be like the only, the only fix here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, when he said, I'd rather, you know, uh, have that than to be, you know, not have any function. Yeah. Like, oh man. That really resonates home with me. Uh, what seems to work for both of them is talking to each other about it. Yeah. And we know that that's true, you know, in our, mm-hmm. in our world and like in, in, wor- in actual reality. 
Yeah. Talking about it helps. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the point. Maybe the point, you know, the, this feeling that he feels when he's around her is because they've had mm-hmm. these conversations before. That's right. And just being around each other, knowing that you're with someone else who is also damaged mm-hmm. and you can freely talk about this stuff with the other person. Cause you know, yeah. the other person is also dealing with shit too, that it's freeing. You know, you don't have to put up a facade. Yeah, I'm hurting and I know you're hurting too. And we can talk about those different kinds of hurt together and it makes us feel better. You know what? It, it's, it's, um, it's kind of like lightening the load of the mm-hmm. bridge. Yeah. You got to you know, share it. it. You got to share it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all going through it. And, uh, and that's the thing with, with friendship, family, um, and, um, and, and maybe even people that you don't, you don't know all that well, whoever you invite in, uh, can play a role potentially in helping you carry it. Mm-hmm. That's what Shalon does for, for Kaladin. I think more than any, any other character so far in the series. Yeah. That's great. And like, he like said, not even, like, not even Syl really picks him up no, and can not snap that, him not out that of the his, same way. No, not the same way. No. She, he said, she does for me what TN used to do. Uh, Sil does? No, um, he, uh, that Shalon does. Oh, Shalon does, right. What Tien right. used to do. She just right. has a knack of being able to make things better. Yeah. And, and so that's a great comparison. So that kind of, that's almost maybe a clue. Yeah. Is that if she's more like Tien to him, then it, she's like a, she's like, she's like a brother to him. Yeah. She, she's not, you know, she's not like Laurel. She's not like Tara. Not like Tara. But yeah. she does this thing for me that Tien used to do. So maybe yeah. they're meant to be like siblings. Yeah. That argue, they snip at each other, but they're always there for each other. Anyways, um, I actually want to just say that if you have any opinions about the whole budding Shalon, <laughs> Kaladin, uh, Adolin, uh, uh, love triangle thing going on, and you have an opinion right. or you want to share what you think about it, you should reach out to us on socials and, and tell us about it because, you know, we've talked about it a few times and this is a big chapter for it. Jack and I just had a nice discussion about it. We want to hear what you think. So please uh, send it out to us. Um, what's your highlight for this chapter, dude? Oh, highlight for, uh, the reachers. Uh, let's, let's see. I think the highlight truly, uh, is the, um, the lightening of the load that is experienced by Kaladin yeah. when he's with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the, that's my highlight, um, is what Shalon, you know, sort of does for him mm-hmm. being near her. I think it's worded like yeah. just being near her is, is enough. That's really special. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny because they were to get, they've been together all of part three and a good mm-hmm. chunk of part four here mm-hmm. so far. And this is the first time in a long time we have a conversation between the two of them, mm-hmm. like this kind of conversation. Yeah. And, um, that's my highlight is just them having a moment together and being like, yeah, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah. I'm okay. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah we're both not doing okay, but, but we're okay yeah. together kind of thing, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it's such a huge, awesome part of Words of Radiance yeah. where they're stuck in the chasms together and they, they're bonding and they're telling each other about their, a little bit about their trauma their and stuff, their yeah. past. And then we don't get any of that again for almost a whole book. So yeah, really cool. got to give some props to Syl here for getting this conversation yes. going. Yes. Yes. Matchmaker. Syl, I mean, that, for sure. and that's the thing that, about, about it is that unless there's some kind of event. Mm-hmm. They don't seek each other out for friendship's sake. No, it's funny. Not eh? yet. Not yet. 
But maybe they should more often. There, there's all, there has to be some intervention in order to get it to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like falling into the chasms. Yeah. You oh. know, or in this case, Sill uh, nudging Kaladin over across the, the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's a good chapter. Good, good, yeah, good little chapter. Great um, chapter. All right. So let's get to the info dump here. Uh, we're at the end of the episode. So let's get to the info dump. We want to thank you. want to say thank you to Buzzkill Joe for all the hard work he does on the info mm-hmm. dump. We have chapter 98, Loopholes. This is a Zeth chapter. Master Warren is uh, one of the Skybreaker Masters. There are a few names here for the Squires, Jorit, Kali, Zedzil, Fari, and Tai. Um, we also get the name of Vara Treledes, someone Vasher mm-hmm. knew that said that Vasher wasn't very good with a sword. Um, he says here that this sounds like a previous wielder of Sword Nimi. So that uh, makes a lot of sense. We kind of said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, a new nickname for Nail here is the Illuminator. Which is very funny. Um, High Spren, um, uh, they they appear visible only to those they choose, like Honor Spren, whereas Ink Spren shrink down to almost like an indecipherable size. And Cryptics have camouflage. So um, High Spren are a little bit like Honor Spren in that they can actually be invisible to people if they don't want uh, them to be seen. Um. And then there's a little spoilery part here that I'm not going to tell you about. Ooh. And then chapter 99, uh, Reachers. Captain Iko is the captain of the ship. He is a light spren, also known as Reacher. Uh, Bavamar is a scholar who did calculations on Reshi Great Shells. Um, Mandras, we talked a little bit about them. Chasm Fees are extremely agile and able to smoothly twist underneath itself and turn about. This is from chapter uh, 72 of Words of Radiance. So this is what she's talking about, that how uh, Chasm Fiends are so uh, agile, even though they're so huge. And that's they're probably getting that from these Luxpren. Mm. Shallan has doubted that Luxpren are their true name, and uh, and she crafted her Swift Spren, uh, Swift Spren disguise after them. But since most Rosharians call them Luxpren, Buzzkill decides that he will call them Luxpren as well because we don't actually have any proper name for them. Right. Um, um, so in this chapter, uh, Captain Iko re- refers to um, Reno's globe as foreign technology. Um, so that means that it isn't a fabrial of this world. It is just foreign technology. So something otherworldly, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. The water condenser is a strange device. Um, it looks like it uh, uses the souls, so beads. So it might be of Roshar, or of Roshar, of Shadesmar, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of water. Mm-hmm. So in Edge Dancer. Uh, the soul manifestation, a rare ability amongst humans in Spren, th- uh, thought that the gardeners among cultivation Spren are best at it. Windle is one such gardener. He does chairs. He, he's like, oh, how did this happen to me? I should be gardening right now. I had the most magnificent chairs. So he must be able to create things in Shadesmar. Um, and maybe that's what they're referring to as a soul manifestation. He can manifest the soul of chairs <laughs> for some reason. That's weird. <laughs> Um, the last thing I have here, um, is the small oil lamp. 
Uh, so far as Kaladin could tell, he didn't use a flame to create the fire. How did it work? And I love this little mm-hmm. note from Buzzkill here. He says, I assume this is something that actually exists, but I don't know anything about oil lamps. That's <laughs> that's Buzzkill Joe saying that himself. So it's <laughs> hilarious that it's in there, but it doesn't really give us much information. So I appreciate the hilarity, Buzzkill, and we appreciate you just for everything that you do for us. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um. So yeah, we're at the end of the episode here. If you want to join in on the fun and go to uh, uh, join in on the, the the Discord server, we have um, a pretty significant live read episode coming up soon. Um, I haven't really Ooh. told Jack about it yet. It's in a few episodes, no, so haven't. it's in a couple of weeks from now. Um, but uh, yeah, really? so if you want to in part four, in part four, yeah. Oh. So if you want to be part of that and go join us on the Discord, go to Patreon.com/slash Heroes of, and you can get the Discord link. There's a bunch of other stuff on there too that you can check out. Um, if you want to reach out to us for any of the things that we've said that you should reach out to us for, especially your opinions on this Shalon Kaladin Adolin love triangle thing, reach out to us at Heroes of Cather at gmail.com. You can hit us up on uh, Instagram at the Storm Pod or on the um, um, on Reddit, uh, subreddit, or the uh, Facebook page, just to hit us up anywhere and let us know what you think. Uh, we want to hear all your opinions. So, um, yeah. So, dude, uh, two more episode, uh, two more chapters. Hopefully tomorrow. Next... I think nice. we're going to record, eh? If we can, yeah. Nice. So, chapter one hundred and one hundred and one. So, two chapters. One hundred and one. Yeah. So, if you're reading along with us, make sure that you are uh, um, reading those chapters. So, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We love you very much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra.